It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. It's time for Takes on Takes. You know the drill. You give us the take. We give you the take on your take today on the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast. You are Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes, your daily podcast for NFL and college football scouting. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's better than this? It's guys being dudes here on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. We're the Draft Dudes. I'm Joe Marino from Locked On Bills. He's Kyle Krabs from Locked On Dolphins. And we are your NFL experts here with you daily to talk team building across the league on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast with the Draft Dudes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'd like to thank you for making Locked On NFL Scouting your first listen every day. And a big welcome and shout out to our everydayers. You know who you are. Those of you who never miss a single episode, we appreciate you all being here very, very much. This episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL and use code LockedOnNFL. That'll get you a first deposit match up to $100. Joe, happy Victory Friday to you. Thank you. Thank uh, you. Do you get a Victory Monday too? Is that how it works? Or is yeah, it just I, like, with the, do you also subscribe to the 36 48 hour rule um the well i get to subscribe to whatever length of celebration i choose because i don't play right. for the team so, right um uh, it's it's always nice it, okay it's always bad to play on thursday night football but it's nice to win and then just have like the weekend to just it's watch the game stressful yeah. period yeah. of time yeah until next sunday night when the bills go to cincinnati and well we'll see sunday night football Sunday night football. We're going to wait all night for Sunday night. Man, that's a brutal turnaround because not only do you have the 10-day wait, you got to wait all day on Sunday too. Yeah. Um, better than being the Bengals, you got to go to San Francisco on Sunday and then back yeah. to your place. Yeah, so yeah, it's not great. I guess I'll take take that side of the coin. Uh, we got some fun takes on bangers. takes today. Got some bangers? Uh, we we have some fun stuff. I'd okay. say there's been there's been harder hitting weeks. There's no question, but there's good thought provoking stuff. Uh, in one that one for one that's going to trigger me and one that's going to trigger you. So this is okay. going to be good. Um, we'll start with Hillil's real football talk. This is what Hillil says after we hyped up the loaded AFC all off season. Both conferences only include two complete teams right now: Chiefs and Ravens in the AFC, Eagles and 49ers in the NFC. The only thing that may get in their way are cat teams on both sides and the Jaguars and Lions taking advantage of soft schedules and the playoff running through their places. How sure are we that Baltimore is a complete team right now? I'm not. I mean, did, did, if you did this any other week other than the week where they beat the Lions by 32 points, I, I don't think you say that they're a complete team right now. I agree. So I would disagree on the take just based off of that principle alone. Right. I mean, I feel like Hillel's kind of hinting at like your AFC championship is Chiefs Ravens. Your NFC championship is Eagles and 49ers and no other team can get in the way except for maybe the Jaguars and Lions. 
Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think there's there, the, there's also the um you know for all of the discussion around durability for some of the quarterbacks in the AFC, Lamar Jackson hasn't played at the end of the season the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. So that layer here, I think, is another important one for Baltimore that uh, I wouldn't put them as a shoe in to play in the conference championship game as a result of of that at this stage either. Yeah. Well, the good news is we'll do our AFC power rankings and our NFC power rankings every week, and we'll have these conversations. Um, Matt. Matt says the Vikings should absolutely re-sign Kirk Cousins. Team is good enough. They won't pick in the top 10. They have other enough other needs on the roster worth spending a first-round pick on, and his contract wouldn't be debilitating to the team's future goals. I would argue Kirk's financial situation has very much been a restrictive factor for Minnesota. I think the point is here that if they re-up him, that it won't be. Okay, so what would Kirk sign for with a free agent contract in Min- or with a, a new contract in Minnesota? You got to think that he's at least in the mid-40s, right? He's at least 45. Yeah, at least. I mean, from a cash perspective, you could go career earnings. He's made $40 million in two of the last four seasons in cash. Now, this year it's down, quote-unquote down, to 30, and he had a restructure bonus in there for 20 of the 30. Um, I don't know. I, I could see this being a reasonable thing to do, but at the end of the day, Kirk is going to be a 36-year-old quarterback next year who probably has three, three, four years. At some stage with a new GM that's come in and a relatively young head coach, aren't you going to want that transition process to start to take place? I would agree. Um, The point being here that like, they're probably not in that stratosphere to be picking a quarterback and like in the top five, maybe that's okay. Right. Right. Because they could build up the rest of their team. And there's other ways to get your quarterback, especially with that style of offense. You think maybe they can be a little bit like less necessary to get like the number one overall player. But I think like the, the spirit, I think of what he's getting at is like Kirk Cousins is playing well. Yes, it, it doesn't. It doesn't have to be the last season for him in Minnesota. There's a path for him to stay. There's a logical path for him to stay. But yes. Priorities on for both parties, whether it's Kirk or Minnesota, is going to be really what's fascinating here. I agree, and I I agree. If if the spirit of the take is, hey, let's not dismiss Kirk Cousins for what he is versus what he's not, I'm fine with that. Um, Minnesota, for what it's worth, is 16th in the NFL in cap space next year. 38 million dollars is projected according to Spotrac for what they're scheduled to have. Um. I could see the pros and cons. I would I would really look hard, though, and assess, especially if you regress in the win total from year one to year two, and say, where can we, where can we invest in this position that gives us a long-term runway to build forward instead of trying to swim against a plateau? Next one comes from Drew. Drew says, despite Antoine Winfield Jr. playing at an all-pro caliber level, always making huge plays, he will still be an all-pro snub this year 
And he says the Bucks players get no respect with national media. Small market team, right? Yeah. Yeah, you got the the, the glow up happened with Tom. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of respect given to Tampa Bay in that two-year competitive stretch. Well, say Tom Brady comes into town, that changes right. everything it, for it, a minute. It changes, changes your visibility as a yeah. smaller market team. But I think that's something that, unless you're one of the darling franchises of the league, you're always going to have that to a little bit, uh, or mm-hmm. you play in one of the major, major, major markets. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. Um, but as far as Antoine Winfield, I mean, he's certainly – he looks like he's one of the best safeties in the league to me, um, especially in the NFC. Like, who's the who's going to be the All Pros, right? Kevin Jesse Byer. Jesse Bates. I mean, Kevin Byer just got there, but like, I mean, if that if that winds up happening, I think that's exactly what Drew's saying. It's like, how about Hafunga? Yeah, he's good. Hafunga, so you got Bates, Hafunga, and Bates. But I think Winfield above all of them. Winfield's made the most splash plays of all those players, right? So it should be like. It should be Winfield and who, not necessarily who's. I'm in trying the to think of. I'm just trying to think of who it would be if it was not Winfield. Looking at the teams, we already got Bates. Vikings, no Eagles. Fired out outside chance. Packers put like all their safeties on IR. Um, Seattle, no. San Francisco, we mentioned Hufunga. I, Baker's Dallas, the worst, Dal- Dallas has some good safeties, but I don't think that they're in that stratosphere. Yeah. All right. So I think, I think I went to Winfield Jr. is going to be an all pro this year. I do. Uh, but I respect uh, the thought process there from Drew about the small market impact there. All right. We got some fun stuff to get to here, including some stuff that might trigger Kyle and I. So stick around for that. But snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers can get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Folks, that's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there is no better time to get in on this action. I love the app. The app is super easy to use and navigate. And there's a ton of stuff that you can bet on, including spreads, player props. I keep saying it, player props is where I'm winning. And I hit the over once again on Dalton Gates receiving yards. So I like to find like my little thing that just I keep winning with, and that's what's working for me right now. So find that for yourself. They have over-unders on point totals and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off this NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, trigger us, Joe. Uh, This one won't be the trigger. We'll get to the trigger. Alex says the Saints have two of the five worst quarterback contracts in the league. So Carr and Hill. <laughs> well, Deshaun Watson's Deshaun Watson's high on this, right? Like he's you got to find the five, right? Right. Right now, it certainly feels like Carr is so Deshaun it's, Watson. It's five worst contracts in the league at quarterback. At quarterback, okay. Contracts, active contracts. 
Deshaun has something to say here. Daniel Jones is looking like he has something to say here. I would say Daniel Jones is a worse contract than Taysom Hill. Okay, we so we have we have four, right? So it's it's Watson, Carr, Jones, Kyler and- Russ. Like Russ hasn't been the problem this year, but that's that's a forty eight and a half million dollar AAV contract. Yeah. And trajectory, right? Like what Russell Wilson is right. versus where the Broncos are is just not a good marriage. Not a good marriage. Old. Yeah. I think um, is... Kyler's Kyler's looking pretty I'd, bad. I'd say Tannehill's contract's worse right now. So it's close. It's close. The, they definitely the they Garoppolo probably... contract we yeah. should have seen coming from a million miles away. Yeah. That's a worse yeah. contract. Could we say it's two of the top ten worst? That's probably yeah, fair. Prob- yeah. At quarterback. Probably. Probably. All right. You want to get into some triggering stuff for you and I? Sure. That's fine. You want to get triggered first? You want me to get triggered? Sure. I'll, I'll go for it. Uh, Ballaholic says the media and overall Dolphins fan base is overreacting to Miami and their strength of schedule wins and losses. You can look at every team right now and say, well, they beat mostly bad teams. Okay. They played two games on the road against really good opponents without their starting center, starting left tackle, both their starting corners in one game, one of their starting corners, who's an all pro player in the other game. That's not to make excuses. They were like, they just weren't good enough to win either one of those games. Um, I don't think any team that is scoring 48 points or whatever it is at home is a bad team. I think there's legitimate questions about their ability to probably go on the road in the playoffs and win playoff games to the degree in which they, you want to get to where they want to go this year. But if we're looking objectively at the teams that exist out in the league right now, and you want to say that the Dolphins are a bad team or they're not a good team, I would strongly beg to differ. It's just a question of what they can accomplish in season, how well they can ride the wave through the injuries that they have uh, to put themselves in a position to play in the postseason and play at home. Because if you've got to go on the road in the playoffs, I think that's where you do have legitimate questions. But I, I think it's outrageous that we're questioning a 5-2 and two football team that's racked up a ton of points on everybody in his third in the league in sacks. Um, so you agree with the take is what, what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I do too. I've I've uh, thought highly of the Dolphins all season. Uh, Miller uh, says Sean McDermott will be fired at the end of the year. I think the Bills team has had a lot of bad luck with injuries these past couple of years, but who hasn't? Sean McDermott is not the guy who will get the most out of our franchise quarterback, and therefore he's got to go. In today's league, it seems that you have to have an offensive mind if you want to win it all. With all that said, Sean McDermott is definitely a top sixteen coach, but I think there's a big gap between him the top five coaches uh, Sean McDermott won't be fired this at the end of this year if what well, would have to happen for Sean McDermott to be fired. they have to lose all the rest of the games and for Josh Allen to say he hates Sean McDermott to Terry Pagula I mean, what are we doing here Sean McDermott's not getting fired he just signed a six-year extension um and I don't know man like I I, I there's there's a piece of I think there's every a piece of every fan base that hates their head coach like and they're really loud 
they have to hate somebody. Right. right? Yeah. It's just like it has to fans. be somebody's fault. Right. And and that's that's such a shallow thing because it's never one thing. It what it's Sean McDermott's fault that the Bills are one of three teams in the league that have had a winning record each of the last three years. That they're one of two oh. teams that have won a playoff game in each of the last. Yeah, I know you're part of the club. Me, I'm, you on, and the I'm in the club too. Right. Right. So like like people have no perspective of like what sustained winning looks like in the NFL. I said it. There's only three teams in the league that have had a winning record in each of the last three seasons. That's it. There's only two teams that have won a playoff game in each of the last three seasons. That's it. And Sean McDermott is the head coach of one of those teams. I just, I don't get it. I think there's this, like, anytime Josh Allen doesn't play like a superhero and like the best player in the whole world, Bills fans want to find every reason for that not being the case. Because surely it couldn't just be Josh Allen playing that. Surely that couldn't be the the the, the, the reality of the situation. And so it's it pointed back to the defensive-minded head coach. He doesn't know how to make sure that Josh Allen's better than Patrick Mahomes every week. I don't know, man. Like, just so much lost perspective here with silly comments like this. Can I, can I ask you a question? Yes, And I don't mean to be hyperbolic. But on Go a scale ahead. of 1 to 10, how important was that win last night for Buffalo? Oh, big. Yeah. And especially just showing signs of life on offense. And I know that they had some missed opportunities later in the game, but it looked like I watched what I expect the Bills' offense to look like. Mm-hmm. And then defensively, where I th- the, the biggest, bigger concerns for me with the Bills have been on defense because offense is just like play better, right? Get more out of what you have. Defense, like you're playing, you're declining in performance as you're experiencing a lot of attrition with injuries. And I thought, well, well, well you know, look, that's you don't have your guys, you don't have your guys, right? But for them to look at least average against an average offense in Tampa Bay, I thought was was a good sign for them. Yes, I think well, they needed to get that win. And I, I even look at, you know, five and three versus four and four with what the next six games look like for the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. At Cincinnati, home against Denver, the Jets, you've lost a head to head to already at Philadelphia, at Kansas City. Yep. Being being five and three feels a lot better, I would imagine, than being four and four facing that slate of games yeah. with Dallas and at Chargers the next two after that. And you know what every team will do? Well, if they didn't, Josh Allen didn't poop his parents against the Jets, then you only have two losses. And, you know, what if they don't have so many mistakes against the Patriots? And all they only, you know, like, come on, just like, don't do that stuff. Like, you're five and three. You're five right. and three. And you have an opportunity to keep it going, or you have an opportunity to fall a little bit. But you know what we're going to do, Kyle? We're going to play them all, see what Let's happens. See what happens. Play <laughs> see what happens. Uh, Owen says Will Levis will be the first quarterback drafted in 2023 to start a playoff game. Come on, you tell me Houston's not further ahead yeah, of where, no, where the he, Tennessee he, Titans are at? Further because Tennessee's still on the downswing before they can swing right back up. Right. That's Houston, the that's Houston's the little known fact. Little known fact about Tennessee. Right. They're, they're, they're not still, done. They're we're not still going done. this way. <laughs> so I I strongly disagree with that. Uh Bryce Young, Anthony Richardson. CJ you know what's gonna happen? Some some weird thing's gonna happen where like a quarterback that has no business starting a playoff game, like they some they get injured. A Skylar Thompson. Yeah, it's exactly that. Exactly that, right? But if that doesn't happen, CJ Stroud's gotta be the guy uh that gets that. Okay, so hold on. We have uh Jaron Hall with Minnesota. This is the stuff right here. Exactly. Right. I mean, Tyson Bajan's not gonna help us. Aiden O'Connell's not gonna right. help us, right? Stetson Bennett's not gonna help us. He's away right. from the team right now. Malik Cunningham uh, ain't going to help us. He's been well, cut four times already. Right. DTR. 
You know what I mean? DTR. Deshaun goes, yeah. PJ Walker gets hurt. They get in there. Yep. DTR starting yep. a playoff game. So, Jaron Hall, it's going to be like Jaron Hall or DTR. Yeah, Some weird one like that. I will sneak one more in here. Uh, Bub, the Falcons would be better off starting Troy Anderson at quarterback than Desmond Ritter. Oh, Hashtag geez. all big spot. No, it's not. <laughs> and don't don't let Arthur Smith hear that either. I don't know if you saw that or not. But he I got did, real- man. Got real soft. We're talking think. about climate change. The group think the uneducated group think. Uh, Man, Arthur Smith's gonna as getting up on that list of like coaches you'd like to hang out with. You know what I mean? And just get him real candid. You know, right. he lose his mind a little bit. Have a few, be- have a few beers, loosen him up, see what happens. Yeah, that'd be the, that'd be one of the guys on my on my list of of sit downs for sure. All right, we got some fun stuff still to get to here today, but you gotta check out Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the funnest, most exciting, easiest way to play. Daily fantasy sports. I love this format. It's just you against the numbers. It's not you against thousands of other players, including the pros like Kyle Krabs and the Sharks. All you got to do is select two or more players. You pick more or less in their projected stats, and you place your entry. It doesn't take long. Picks can be made in under a minute. And when you win, the withdrawals are super quick, and there are so much going on in the world of sports right now. The NBA kicked off or tipped off, whatever they say. The NHL's rolling. NFL's rolling, the World Series, Rangers and Diamondbacks. Let's go. No Phillies, no Yankees, right? Always good to see that. Um, college sports, right? They're all cooking, and they're so much fun. They're even more fun when you have a prize picks entry going into a slate of games. So go to prizepicks.com slash NFL and use code NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash NFL and use code NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks daily fantasy sports made easy folks kyle and i we might not uh, have the same rooting interest in the national football league but i'll tell you what we do align with and that's doordash the most convenient app out there they do so much right i mean they deliver groceries right to your front door they deliver takeout orders right to your front door and we're all busy right we're all trying to find time and getting to the grocery store or going out to eat can be a bit of a challenge but not with DoorDash. They drop it off right at your front door. I love getting food from my favorite local restaurants. Uh, smoke Pit. Right now, I'm on a Smoke Pit kit. I'm not going to lie. I got it, had it for lunch yesterday. I had a sausage and some cornbread dropped off in the front door. I love getting it from them. And, of course, groceries, right? Like, get the Harris Teeter. I don't know what you guys got going on in, in your part of the words, but the Harris Teeter, uh, the Publix. You can just get the DoorDash drop-off. It's amazing. I love the consistency. They bring me what I want, just like I picked it up. For myself. So stop worrying about what's for dinner. Stop worrying about, you know, when you're going to get to the grocery store. Stop worrying about what you're going to snack on and let DoorDash handle that for you. Got a deal here. Get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order and download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKED23. Subject to change, terms apply. Don't forget that's code LOCKED23 for 50% off up to a $10 value on your first order. You download the DoorDash app and spend $15 or more. Subject to change, terms apply. Okay. Yep. Sam okay. Sam wants to talk a little draft. A little Sam Teets oh, here. Draft talk. Yeah. We'll, we'll draft here. Uh, Sam says, we see 14 wide receivers go in the first two rounds of the 2024 NFL draft, which would be the most in the past decade. Uh, for, for reference here, eight last year, 13 the year before that, 10, 13, 9, 8, 6, 7, 8, 12. Right? So this would be the most. He gives a bunch of names here. Um Marvin Harrison Jr., Malik Neighbors, Keon Coleman, Amika Agbuka, Rome Ondunze, Adonai Mitchell, Troy Franklin, Jalen Polk, Xavier Leggett, Xavier Worthy, Malachi Corley, 
Torrey Horton, Devontae Walker, Brian Thomas Jr. And then he says, maybe one of Michael Sturdivant, Jalen McMillan, and Johnny Wilson. Kyle, 14. 14 receivers. So here's here's what I can tell you. I've done 125 player assessments for the 2024 NFL draft. And of those, I have done 15 wide receivers, the vast majority of this list, a few that I have not done yet. Of the 15 that I have done, 14 have day one or day two grades. So Harrison, Abuka, Worthy, Neighbors, Franklin, Adunze, Corley, Leggett, Coleman, Mitchell, Johnny Wilson, uh, Jalim Polk. Those were the names that he mentioned. I have day one or day two grades on all of those players. Mm. I also have a very high grade on Roman Wilson, slot receiver from University of Michigan. Uh, I also have a late day two grade on Jermaine Burton, who has emerged this year after a quiet, relatively quiet year last year uh, for the University of Alabama after transferring from University of Georgia. He's been more impactful this year. Um, That just feels like such an outrageously high number when you cross-reference it with what we perceive the quarterback class looks like this year. Tackles, right? The, the tackle class is insane. I have seven tackles with a f- first round grain. Mm. And then Man, I that's have crazy. Other... Normally you only have 20 or 22, something like that. Seven at one position. Seven at, at tackle. Yeah. And then you have, and it's it's good names. It's Fashanu, Latham, Mims, Fuaga, Barton, Morgan, Joe Alt. And then I have. Uh, BYU and Washington as day two grades right now as well. And and I've only done 10 tackles. And nine of them got day one or t- day two grades, and seven of them have first-round grades. So I will fade this take based off the principle of how good the tackle group is. Uh, there are another handful of groups that I, I think there's some good appeal with. I think this is one of the better interior defensive line groups that we've seen in recent history. Um, I like some of the names in the edge rush group. I don't think you have a lot of slam dunk first round guys, but the the numbers I think just work against you in this regard to get that many wide receivers that go in the first two rounds. Kyle Franklin wants to do the thing. Ready for this? With I, he says he says I'm with Joe. Tyrod Taylor is a perfectly capable starting quarterback in the NFL and should get some some of the opportunities that lesser QBs have gotten to start. You guys alluded to it on the Wednesday pod to do the thing with my guy, Tyrod, and you'll find he's an upgrade over a few teams' current starting quarterbacks heading into week eight, and that's including the Giants. Okay. Shall we? I got a piece of paper here. I'll tally the yeses. Yep. Uh I would say of the AFC East teams, he's an upgrade over Zach Wilson. Yes. I don't know that I would say Mac Jones. I would. You would? Yeah, I would. Yeah. Okay, put him down. Yeah. And this isn't like long term. This is like right now, like in this moment. Mm -hmm. So when I say over Bryce Young, okay, that's what I mean. Yes, like maybe not long term, but right now. So we got two right there. Uh, Deshaun Watson. Yes. Kenny Pickett. Yes. Whoever Tennessee is starting. Yes. 
You're not giving like the obvious ones like Omar Jackson. You didn't have to see. Yeah, I'm I'm skipping over these. Uh, Whoever the Raiders are starting. Yeah. That's probably it for the AFC. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six in the AFC. So would you agree he's not an upgrade over, and I'll just read all the names, Tungavaloa, Allen, Jackson, Burrow, Lawrence, Stroud, Minshew, Mahomes, Herbert, Russell Wilson. I think Minshew's at least on the maybe list. Put him off to the side. He's off to the side. So six and a maybe in the AFC. Okay. Uh, how? Yeah. It for the East, right? Prescott and Hurts. D- D- Daniel Jones. Well, yes, but are we including that? Yeah, and that he specifically said including the, the Giants. Star- he's already the starter. But not by choice. Okay. I'll put him down. That's a two. Um, Jordan Love, Tyson Bajan. Yes. Ritter. Yes. Carr. Mm. Um, Come on. He's playing horrible. Yes. Bryce Young right now. Yes. What are we doing, Darnold? Well, I think we got to look at it as Purdy, right? That's their quarterback. Okay. Well, you just said starter right now. He's not better than Purdy. He's not better than Geno. He's not better than Stafford. Kyler's practicing this week. Are we assuming Kyler's playing? No, I don't think he's going to play. You don't think so? Like, he was on the injury report with, like, like no designation. He's not activated, though. He's only to return, right? Okay. Okay. All right. We'll, I mean, we'll see. So, what was the, what number were we looking for? Uh, he didn't give a number, but like the point of doing the exercise, you skipped over Baker Mayfield. What do we think there? I think Baker's played fine this year. You saw that escapability last night. Right. I'm just, I'm just, I thought it's like, it wasn't like a slam dunk. Like let's skip over Baker Mayfield. I thought it was really. Okay. Yeah. Well, we have mutual one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So that's friggin' 13 quarterbacks. Even if you like, we think you think we went aggressive. Okay, eleven or twelve. But I guess the and the, the challenge there is you then extrapolate those quarterbacks out of their environments and trying to do it in a vacuum, right. and that's it's why impossible. that's why doing this process is impossible. Right, but but we did it. Yeah. All right, you want another one? Yeah, one more weekly huddle. Spencer Rattler has finally reached the hype he was getting prior to twenty twenty, but this draft class is so good at the top. He'll be forced into a day two pick, which is why he's the most likely to be this year's Hertz Dak Garoppolo, non first quarterback who can be a consistent starter. And I wouldn't not put him in that stratosphere, but he has played better this year. Uh, cut down on the turnovers, completion percentage is up. He's still largely the same player where big time arm never saw a throw he couldn't make, thinks he's a little more athletic than he is. Um, I think Spencer Rattler's hype peaked in 2020. But he's come he's probably come back off of kind of the downtick. And I thought that kind of started yes. last year, right? Like yes. he, he turned it around starting last year. Yeah. There were some turnovers late in the season that that kind of hurt the big picture conversation with him that that aren't there right now. He's he is a little bit more efficient in the offense. But he does have some some ballers that he's playing with too, which helps. So uh, that the emergence of Xavier Leggett has been huge for South Carolina offense. That's that's a 
six foot two, 210 pound wide receiver that's hitting 22 miles per hour on GPS. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, sure. that'll move the needle for you. Um, yep. I would say he's likely to be uh, a day two quarterback in general. Uh, I would be hesitant to put him in the stratosphere of most likely to be a successful NFL starter, just because I think you have some guys with uh, a little bit more creativity and all around talent, physical talent, uh, maybe not arm talent, but physical talent that are going to probably be in that stratosphere too. I think about like Cam Ward uh, from Washington state. I don't think he's as refined as he needs to be, to be a first round guy, but his arms, every bit as talented as, as Spencer's. And I, th- I think he's a more physically talented player. Uh, I do think Quinn Ewers is probably going to be in that stratosphere too. I just I haven't seen a first round emergence there. How does the league value Michael Penix with the injury questions that he's had and his age and the system that he plays in with the best wide receiver combo in the league? And he's got really good offensive linemen. So I think there's some questions there uh, on if he's a first round guy. I think your first round locks right now are probably Caleb Williams. Drake May, and that's it. I think somebody else or two more players gets in there, depending on who declares. But if you're talking Ward, Ewers, Nix, McCarthy, Penix, Rattler, is Shader going to declare? Jaden Daniels, Michael Pratt. Like, there's so many names that I wouldn't lean on Spencer to be the one who goes to the right place with the right stuff around him and hits big. Because a lot of those guys are going to be day two guys when it's all said and done. They all start off as first rounders, right? That's the thing I've always said about quarterbacks. Yep. They all start off as a first round pick, and then we just work back. Yep. Start whittling the list away. Right. I can tell you of, of quarterbacks that I have evaluated, I have two, and and I've done fifteen quarterbacks. I have two first round grades. Has there been a quarterback this year for you that? has changed their like outlook based on the way they've played good or bad that stands out? I do think the biggest riser has been May. I know he started slow um, with the new scheme change, but I do think you're seeing more translatable NFL reps, which was the question with the Troy Longo offense. Yeah. Uh, so I think he's helped himself the most. Uh, he's worked his way up to QB2 for me. He was not originally that at the beginning of the season. Uh, but Williams and May are the two first round grades that I have. And that's it. I like, I like Cam Ward. I like Bo Nix. I get it with Michael Penix. I see why people dig JJ McCarthy. I really like Shadur Sanders, although it's hard to fully grasp with the offensive line that he plays with and his style of play, like a full projection there. I like a lot of these guys, but as far as guys that have checked enough boxes that I would strongly put in the first round conversation, I think there, there's, I think you predictively get three or four, depending on if everybody declares, but I wouldn't feel great about all of them. We did the thing. There you go. We did the thing. That is going to do it for us here today on this episode and this week of Locked on NFL Scouting. I'm Kyle Krabs. He's Joe Marino. We appreciate you guys checking out the show. Make it a great rest of your day. We are out of here. Enjoy the football this weekend, and we will talk to you all again on Monday. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. 
If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.